Day 27. Posted September 5, 2002, 2.59 a.m. The Hidden Benefits of Eating Sushi Fingers, who was mysteriously absent yesterday, went to Vegas for the second weekend in a row and was now moping around as if he was polyor. Unfortunately, the poor lad got suckered by the lure of winning a little, only to lose a lot. The last time I went to Vegas, I mixed an album there. I spent two weeks living at the MGM Grand. Let me tell you, 14 days in a Vegas mega hotel is 12 days too many. Apparently for Fingers, two trips to Vegas is one trip too many, because he lost his ass. I couldn't get an exact figure out of him, but I have this sneaky suspicion that Fast Fingers was going to be not so Fast Fingers from this point forward. The fuck does that guy think he's anyway, Puffy? Fucking Puffy? Give me a break. I've been working too fast, yo. I'm almost done and I lost my loot to the man. Perhaps it was this particular statement that gave me such a sneaky suspicion. Feeling a bit devilish, I pointed out to Fingers a bit of little-known trivia. You know, not too long ago, they didn't even allow Wegros in the casino. You know, back when Vegas was run by the Mafia. What? They oppressed my people. Dude, really? And Fingers left for his shitter as I sat there simply amazed at some of the conversations that I have on this session. Johnny had come to the studio directly from his attorney's office. If you love me like I love me, baby, we could fall in love. If you love me like I love me, we could fall in love. Love me. Apparently, his lawyer was incensed by the fact that Johnny was caught driving intoxicated and was fighting his DUI arrest. Perhaps he was declaring the case unconstitutional. I'm not a lawyer, so I really wouldn't know much about these things. Regardless of Johnny's legal woes, he wanted to play guitar. Eeyore was already preparing to do same. I've been down this road before. This time I just lay on the couch as Johnny and Polly Orr argued for the better part of an hour. Far be it for me to interfere in a turf war of this magnitude. Every now and then they'd try to suck me into the discussion, but in the course of being a dad, I've learned to grunt in ways that indicate no position whatsoever, and so they would be momentarily confused and then go back to their bickering. I was just grateful that Harmon wasn't around, as I wouldn't have gotten a wink of sleep with that cheese grater of a voice in the womb. The idiocy between Johnny and Polyor would have likely continued for hours had Willie not shown up. <laughs> Willie, being sensitive to vibrations of discourse, immediately noticed tension in the air. Either that or he heard the yelling down the hall as the argument was beginning to spin out of control. Willie a skilled diplomat and having a firm understanding of how to mediate such disputes, sat both Johnny and Eeyore down to work out their differences in a manner he could call his own. He sparked up a fatty. <laughs> it wasn't long before I was again being asked my opinion, and since Willie was now present and the fatty had made its way to me, I decided to tell them what I thought. I think Eeyore should come on Mondays and Wednesdays, and Johnny should come on Tuesdays and Thursdays. 
and the two of them should alternate Fridays, I said as I sat up, slightly groggy from my nap. At first I wasn't sure whether the three of them thought my idea was brilliant or idiotic, as they sat there staring at me silently with their jaws slightly ajar. Then I decided to hedge my bet. Or not. Without comment, the three of them went back to their discussion. They were making about as much headway with Willie's presence as they were without it, save the fact that they now had the munchies and wanted to eat lunch. Me too. We ordered lunch and Willie made an executive decision. Why don't we allow Johnny to lay down his guitar parts today? Willie said to Eeyore as he put his hand on his shoulder lovingly. Okay, not really lovingly, but there was a certain tenderness to his approach that I hadn't witnessed before. Johnny is exactly the person whom I would have picked were I the producer and had something else to do for the day. Without embarrassment or the least bit of concern for appearances, Willie exited stage left, leaving me to the mess of recording guitars with the guitar player of lesser proficiency. Eeyore exited stage right, clearly displeased with Willie's executive decision. I began recording Johnny Knuckles as he struggled through guitar parts that a second-year guitar student could have played with ease. Somehow the simple parts were nothing short of challenging for Johnny. Perhaps his poor performances could be attributed to the cameras that were once again in the womb. Johnny seemed to be concentrating more on how cool he looked on camera than on how well he played. It's not often that I get the chance to see windmills in the control room during guitar overdubs. Of course... It was just another inappropriate goof on Pete Townsend. If only Johnny were as cool as Pete. Johnny's instrument was a beautiful, vintage, fire-red Gibson 335, an instrument that he didn't deserve to play if you're the type that believes fine instruments belong in the hands of fine players. I am that type. We had the guitar plugged into a 100-watt Marshall head through a 4x12 Marshall cab. I always have Lance by my side during the recording of Johnny Tone Def's guitar parts. That's because Johnny can't tune his own guitar. Being a keyboard player, I'm not super fast at tuning guitars myself. Lance, who I have discovered through the course of the session to be a pretty smoking bass player, was also a fairly decent guitar player. Consequently, Lance was quite capable of tuning guitars and quickly. This was Lance's job. Johnny didn't seem to give a shit that the cameras were capturing this so long as his hair was properly mussed up and so long as he looked cool when he was playing. After about two hours of painstakingly recording rudimentary bar chords, we finally had the first set of guitar doubles completed. Willie had been back at the complex for about half an hour, and upon my invitation, he came in to listen. Johnny was considering warming up for singing. I sound amazing! But Willie felt that Johnny's voice was a bit husky tonight, and for this particular song... Me, 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 me. So he sent him home for rest. Dumbass was in the room for the second day in a row practicing his left-handed percussion act, an act that hadn't improved in the least. Thankfully, Willie told Dumbass to go home too. Most intriguing of all, he dismissed the film crew for the evening. 
I couldn't for the life of me figure out what kind of work we had to do, let alone work that required the removal of the film crew. I couldn't make more slaves because Fingers was moving like molasses since his fleecing in Vegas. He had nothing for us to listen to. I didn't really have any tasks to do. Lance was completely caught up with his documentation as we have both been keeping on top of our work. So what were we going to do? Then Willie gave me that look I know so well. My favorite Willie show look. The look that indicated he was feeling it. It was the look of a man that understands not only how to run a session, but when to run from a session. Yes, Willie had given me the look. It was sushi time. I jumped for joy. Before we go, Willie said, neglecting to end his sentence. I watched him intently as he walked into the room. The way he said it, I didn't get the impression he had forgotten something there. He had obviously left the statement open-ended for a reason. Willie walked methodically to the rack of bases in Harmon's apartment, thoughtfully picked out a base, and carried it back to the womb. Willie walked right up to Lance and handed it to him. Learn the bass parts for this song, and when we get back, we're going to relay them. I had to cover my mouth as I half laughed, half coughed, half spit. It wasn't as if I found this funny, although right now I do. No, it was the sheer boldness of such a move. I was merely having an involuntary reflexive physical reaction to the shock of a surprising development. Lance appeared more dumbfounded than even I was, as I seriously considered walking up to him and closing his jaw out of courtesy. Lance was obviously gravely concerned about the ramifications of being caught red-handed doing such a thing. Who could blame him? What if Harmon comes by tonight? He won't, replied Willie as he headed out of the womb, signaling for me to follow. Willie may have been willing to take such chances, but I wasn't. I instructed the runner at the front desk that he was to call Lance immediately in the womb if anyone from the band arrived at the studio. Further, I instructed the runner that he was not to leave the desk position for any reason whatsoever. Willie found my precautions humorous. I found them to be nothing more than, well, precautious. Willie and I made the drive to Nazawa, my favorite sushi restaurant in L.A., if you sit at the sushi bar there, you're not allowed to actually choose what you eat, and I always sit at the sushi bar at Nazawa. It's a very small place nestled in a tiny strip mall on Ventura Boulevard in the valley. If you sit at the bar, the sushi chef, who's also the owner, will not even allow you to make a request, as he will have you removed if you try. I know one person who was removed for simply requesting a California roll. He's the sushi version of Jerry Seinfeld's Soup Nazi. I could easily imagine him saying, No sushi for you! There are signs all over the wall that say, Trust me, in both Japanese and English. This little restaurant is worth the chef's idiosyncrasies because the fish is so phenomenally fresh and of such high quality that it literally melts in your mouth. To date, I have not been asked to leave the establishment, but that's because I'm very prudent. I make no sudden movements. I thank him and bow my head to him on a regular basis. I speak only when I am spoken to, and I never look him in the eye. He always smiles at me when I'm leaving because I think he derives enjoyment that I'm so fearful of him. As Willie and I were sucking down the most fantastic halibut sashimi and ponzu sauce with scallions, I broached the subject of assistance replacing bass parts. Don't you think Harmon might figure out that someone else is playing the parts? 
If he does, he does. Willie responded as he took a bite of raw halibut. I couldn't help but think that our surroundings were inspiring this sort of zen-like response. I had heard all that I needed to know at that point, and so I abandoned the subject. I was considering asking him more questions about the project, but somehow I doubted that even he knew the answers to my questions, and so I would allow it to unfold for me as pleasant little surprises, much as it has to this point. As we drove back to the studio parking lot, I was relieved that there were no bitch-slap vehicles in the yard. We went to see how Lance was doing, and not only had he learned the parts, he had already laid them down. Holy shit! What a difference it made! The song had come alive! I could now actually groove to the music. I was having a physical reaction that I had not had on this session to this point. Willie was also moving to the music. Did you change anything? No, I think the bass parts are great. He just can't play them very well. The ramifications of this were mind-boggling. Half the band will have been replaced with session players. One of the session players was unauthorized by the band. I suppose if the final product is going to improve from such misrepresentations of the truth, then what's the harm? After all, I can keep a secret. Mixer man? <laughs>